Hello everyone, Noah Villaverde here, host of Blank Green Canvas, and I am pleased to introduce to you the first episode of this WandaVision weekly recap series that I will be doing with my good friend John Maffio, aka Mathman Jones. I gotta say, it's been a while since I've posted any content, whether it is my first video since October when I released that social network needing a sequel video essay, which by the way, thank you so much for the response to that video. I am really appreciative of it, and I am looking forward to releasing new content. In fact, there will be an audio version of this podcast if you aren't listening to it already via anchor.fm or on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or any other podcast streaming services that there are out there for Blank Green Canvas. It's been a while, and I am so excited to be bringing back content to you on a weekly basis. So once again, stay tuned for some more videos on the way, which I discuss in this upcoming episode that you're about to watch and or listen to. And yeah, so without further ado, here is the newest episode of Blank Green Canvas. <music> Hello everyone, welcome to Blank Green Canvas. I am your host, Noah Villaverde, and it's been quite a long time. Haven't done an episode of this podcast since 2019 when me and my friends got together to talk about El Camino. And um, it's been a while since I've posted any video content since October with my social network video, which has surprisingly been doing pretty well since I've posted it, but I am glad to be here once again, relaunching the podcast and joining me this week is a good friend of mine, John Maffio. How are Hello. you doing, buddy? Doing all right. Doing okay. Surviving everything going on right now. It's been a crazy past 24 months or so, even 12 months. <laughs> but, uh, you know, we're getting through. I don't know what you're talking about, man. What's going on? What's old. happened? I've, uh, I've, I've been working my day job. Yeah. I've been, uh, I haven't been making videos. I've been very like, dormant with that, but I'm starting to put groundwork in to start making new content uh but i'm just watching a lot of movies uh working during the day watching movies at night and just uh you know keeping that grind going in any way we can right now it's been crazy of though. course man well that's great well anyways um it's, it's been the same thing for me too like um, i haven't made a video since october but i will say that i am currently working on a two-part video right now uh during the christmas time i use it as an excuse because Soul was coming out to um, go through every single Pixar movie from release order. Um, I did it because one, I needed some video inspiration because it's been a while. And two, uh, Christmas time, I needed an excuse to watch something that made me feel comfortable. Yeah. <laughs> you know, usually you watch Christmas movies or stuff like that. I noticed a lot of people were like watching like Harry Potter or Lord of the Rings or Star Wars, that, which is I'm typical too. But I found an excuse to look at, back at all the Pixar movies, some I haven't seen in a while. And it was all because of Soul, and you should expect to see those two videos very soon this month. In fact, anyways, well, so sounds like fun. Yeah. So, anyways, um, John and I are here this week because we are going to be discussing the latest new series from Marvel Studios and Disney Plus, and it will be WandaVision. You see, WandaVision was not supposed to be the first uh, Phase Four Marvel Studios project, actually. That was supposed to be Black Widow last year, but um, something happened. I don't know what uh, caused all that stuff to be delayed. <laughs> uh, some, some, some little you know. thing that happened last year. Yeah. Something little, you know, nothing. Yeah. 
But uh, we have uh, WandaVision, and as the title says, it's focused on Wanda Maximoff, Scarlet Witch, played by the lovely Elizabeth Olsen, and Vision, played by the great Paul Bettany. And I've been really intrigued by Marvel moving into the streaming world because of Disney+, Plus. obviously. Uh, we've seen Star Wars with The Mandalorian doing it to some pretty incredible success, I'd say. And, you know, I, I used it as an opportunity to um, look back at all the movies Wanda and Vision have been in. So I rewatched uh, Ultron, uh, Civil War, Infinity War, and Endgame again to catch up mm-hmm. on those characters whom I've loved in those movies. And um, I got to ask real quick, um, just quick thoughts overall on like MCO up to this point and where you hope this goes. Um, John, are you looking forward to like what Marvel has in store with these new Disney Plus shows? I am. Uh, I've, I've been a fan since day one, since the first Iron Man came out. I've only been, I've been super invested since then. I do think it's been pre- like, it's tremendous what they've done from 2008 on. But I think now that they've gotten to this point where they've kind of concluded this 10-year story, I do want to see them try more experimental things, which will, I guess we're leading into this now, but this is definitely experimental. But now that you, you, you work under Disney, you have all this money, you have all the success, why not try things that are different? Because you already have your audience on board. You have all these characters that people are invested in. Most, most if not all these characters, there are people who enjoy. So why not try something different? Try something that maybe is a little bit polarizing a little bit a little bit out there but you you you, at this point if you are watching these movies and you don't trust what kevin feige or marvel is doing that it's i don't know even casual audiences like you're all all everybody's in for this and you it's crazy they can just release a show like this and promote it the way they're promoting it and just be like cool this is what it is hope you guys enjoy it and it's just interesting that disney is letting them do that but i am happy that they seem to be trying because what i want to see that is just don't do traditional things anymore. Go, go out there. Try something that's um, unorthodox. Because I think people will be on more, more people than not will be on board with it. But that's just me. Yeah, I'm with you. And in fact, um, like looking back at the MCU, like uh, I've, we're so used to a certain pacing when it comes to those movies, like from Iron Man all the way up to Endgame or even Far From Home. Um, mm-hmm. You're used to that t- type of a b- blockbuster formula. And um I say this as somebody who has seen pretty much every single one of their movies on the big screen. The only one I missed was The Incredible Hulk, you know, when it came to like my theatrical experiences with this franchise. I'm pretty, pretty big fan of it. And um, I know you were one of the first few audiences to see The Avengers back in 2012. It's such great, insane. I had no idea it was going to be that successful either after that. No. they, They weren't, I mean, they were successful movies, but they weren't that successful until Avengers came out and just popped the lid off completely, I feel like. Remember when we thought back then, wow, it can't get bigger than this, right? <laughs> <You're> like, I, <laughs> it is no way. Yeah. There's no way it can get bigger than Iron Man. Like, Thor and Captain America are cool, but, like, the Avengers? Eh. How good could it possibly be? Yeah, like, I have pretty fond memories <laughs> of that time in particular. Like, uh, that movie and um, everything that came afterwards, you know, like, I'm – I'm pretty excited for what they have in store and yeah, sure. Like um, some of their shows seem to be more like movies a bit longer because I'd say WandaVision seems like it's tailor made for television, given what it's all about really, yeah. you know, cause I see trailers, you know, for Falcon and winter soldier, that looks like a movie. It like that look- looks like 
like a full-blown actual movie that's centered on Falcon and Winter Soldier and Loki mm-hmm. even to an, another extent. Maybe that fits more television, kind of gave me like Doctor Who vibes a little bit from mm-hmm. that trailer, you know, but still looked more cinematic with the VFX so far, whereas WandaVision so far feels very, very much for TV so far. But that's based on the first two episodes that we were given. And um, let's just uh, talk about those first two episodes. And by the way, for those who haven't caught up on the first two episodes of WandaVision, which are available now on Disney+, Plus, uh, we're going to be getting into some spoilery-filled detail on these first two episodes. So right off the bat, John, um, for those who saw the trailer for the show, um, everyone knows that the first episodes will be focused more on the 4x3 black-and-white classic television format, paying tribute to shows like I Dream of Ginny, and uh, I Love Lucy, obviously. Mm-hmm. And that's apparent from the beginning with the classic intro and the theme song by um, Bobby and Christina Lopez of Frozen fame. It's a nice touch. And Avenue Q and everything else. Like, they, you can't go wrong with them doing music. And um, instantly, like, if you had no idea who Vision and Wanda are, you would probably think, oh, this is just an interesting take on, uh, you know, like, uh, that classic television. Mm-hmm. So like when it started for you, like um, getting back into the MCU, first off, how nice was it to see that that intro again? It's been a it felt really like, long year. It sounds corny, but it felt like home. You know what I mean? Like you feel like it, it's it is very comforting, just like because it, it brings back a swarm of memories. And the fanfare for that intro is like so good. The Michael Giacchino, I think, composed that. If I'm not mistaken, I'm not sure. Some I'm pretty sure he composed it. But uh, yeah, it's. It's, it feels like welcome home. We know you've missed us. Let's get back into the fuzz. <laughs> yeah, it was yeah updated with all the new uh, footage from the old movies, obviously. Yeah. So that was interesting. And mm-hmm. um, you know, as it began, you know, it's a fun, it's a fun little intro. Like, if we're being honest, like these first two episodes, there's not really a lot there in regards to plot. It's kind of a throwback to classic TV. Uh, you know, like so Wanda and Vision, they're a married couple, and this takes place after Endgame, by the way. So. Yeah. Obviously, people who are aware, Vision is kind of not alive. So, uh, kind of, he, he completely did. <laughs> he if did. Go by the end of the <laughs> but, he did, at least yeah, by, from Infinity War tells us. Mm-hmm. Literally, like, how crazy is it that Thanos actually, it's not enough that Wanda had to witness the love of her life die, she had to witness him die twice. Yeah, it's that's, completely heartbreaking. That's brutal. I, and by the way, even if you weren't on board with their love story for those movies, I think they do a good job of connecting them with that moment. But I don't want to divert too far from that. Sure. So that's the, that's the, yeah, that's true. But like when it came to that, it was nice seeing them back together again. For one, it's really happy. It, it makes you feel a little warm inside knowing that Wanda and Vision obviously had a really sad ending Yeah. with their relationship, really tragic. And, um, and, you know, like the show, like it's a typical, like classic uh, old 50s sitcom, like, like we've we mentioned. And, you know, we see like Wanda and Vision, they've gotten married. They have their own home life together. There's some fun little gags here and there. I got to say, Elizabeth Olsen fits in perfectly in that Lucille Ball kind of role, like yeah. perfectly. I don't know how much she did research for that, but it seems like just the mannerisms, the inflections in her voice, yeah, the way she moves around. Like, and Paul Bettany, too, they both seem to have it down yeah. of how to connect and play off that vibe. And I feel like if I showed this to like older folks in my family, they'd probably like without context, they'd probably be like, wow, this is, did this come out back then? No, this is new. Oh yeah. They did a really good job of doing it that way. Like right from the intro and then going into the four by three format, like 
and everything else into black and white. Like it really yeah. throws you into that. Like I watched it the instant it dropped with my mom and we were both pretty tired, but I was pretty excited because I just finished Endgame and like 20 minutes later, the new episodes just dropped. So uh, getting excited for some new Marvel content after a long, long year, uh, getting into it all. Like I'm just, I was just so happy to see these characters and, it's cool, like we mentioned earlier, it's so cool that Marvel is at a place where they could use these two characters who otherwise would not have their own standalone property, given how they promote their movies, but giving them their own show, it's just, it just goes to show how much they've succeeded in bringing these obscure characters into the A-list almost at yeah. this point. You it's know, it's like, unprecedented with, with Marvel, for sure. Yeah, and um, a quick shout out in regards to the first episode to um, their neighbor played by Catherine Hahn, whom I love. I uh, love like her in a lot of a tailor made for a show like this. <laughs> it she feels fits like. perfectly. Like she's she basically plays their um their um, quirky next door neighbor who gets pretty close with Wanda and um, gives her some advice in regards because Wanda and Vision there's like this on the twenty third on their calendar there's a heart on it and they have no idea what it means like what it signifies and you think oh is it their anniversary of some sorts what kind of anniversary is it and it turns out that the heart was actually made because of vision's boss uh i forget i think his last name was Hart. him and his wife well, like, i, uh, I didn't, I didn't pick up on that yeah uh, well they had to come over because vision is working for this guy and he might get a promotion through him so he has to invite them over for dinner and you know typical like um shenanigans ensue as you'd expect and wanda was talking with the uh, Catherine hans character her neighbor about like ways to spice up their um, supposed anniversary which it turns out not to be which mm. leads to some funny little gags here and there which leads to like some really this is where the vfx start to take place you know given the old throwback with like her trying to cook all the meals that are needed for the dinner time you know like i gotta give yeah, a shout out to paul bettany like, yeah really little things yeah. on string like invisible strings with yeah things. yeah it's a lot of just fun it's just fun to see them try like that kind of thing and try to keep the practicality in there of how would they have done this in 1950, whatever, if they made this show yeah. then. Right down to the laugh track. Apparently they shot the, these episodes in front of a live studio audience to make it feel more accurate in that regard. Yeah. That's you know, so. insane attention to detail and uh, authenticity of what they're trying to accomplish there. Indeed. And um, things start to get a little more intense in this first episode when uh, Vision's boss starts choking and when uh, his boss's wife starts saying, stop it. Like it, it, that was intense. Right. That was, that's, it's our first glimpse into like the freaky, like shit that's going on behind the scenes absolutely. of whatever we're about to find out later on in the show. Oh yeah. And you could tell from there, remember, there's no action like at all so far, like what we'd expect from a superhero kind of movie or show. Mm -hmm. And just the intensity of that one moment alone gives you a sense of what's to come, particularly what's, what's going on with Wanda. Yeah. Like, um, just goes to show how great of an actress Elizabeth Olsen is, how she could really sell like her own turmoil just yeah. in that little moment alone where she realizes something's up and she's trying to tell Viz to uh, take care of it mm -hmm. and everything, you know, but like overall, like in the first episode, there isn't like a, in the same with the second episode, which might have a little more to reveal as we get there. Uh, there isn't too much to talk about in regards to plot, but um, the way it, I got to say the final shot of this episode was very eerie. Like oh, the one where they're on the couch together and they smile at the camera. 
And it yes, and pulls out the slow. Them. It was done brilliantly. The way it brilliantly reveals where this show is being sh- like actually being screened, mm-hmm. you know. And um, it turns out like you see the logo for Sword, which uh, hold on real quick. Let me let me. So apparently, it has connect. It's yeah. basically the shield of space. I think is yes. what it comes down to. Yes. In fact, it was actually created by Joss Whedon and uh, uh, who else? Yeah, Joss when Whedon he, when he and John X-Men Cassidy. And like that. Yeah, Astonishing X-Men, which, speaking of which, comic book nerds like you and me know who Wanda's father is in the comics. Uh, yeah. Will we find that out this in this freaking show this season? Are they going to do that? I got to be... We'll get to something that crossed my mind in the second episode, but um, also I wanted to give a quick um shout out to that funny little commercial they had in the in the middle of the episode. Oh, uh, Tony's so like a dark industries toast. Yeah, you know, like I mean, it's just kind of tying in with the interwoven nature of the MCU. It's those little things that make us fans excited, you know. But yeah, that was the first episode, and now let's let's just talk about that second episode, which is a continuation of the. Uh, throwback theme this one feels more like bewitched actually right down to the cartoon intro that they have yeah that, that, that intro was brilliant i loved it and i love it it just felt like it's perfectly animated too indeed like um so the first episode felt like it was 50s style and then this one it goes to the next decade which is more 60s style so um, they're in their house and um, they are trying to prepare for this magic act uh talent show that they have and they're in the town and it's meant for like i think fundraising for the kids i believe like school elementary school or the if children I and there's no children, the children anywhere that's 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 the that was what caught me off guard also a little bit but yeah so we're now in the 60s which is still black and white in the format and um so it's for it's a neighborhood talent show so wanda you know and uh so so like she's she's part of this planning committee and um, Vision ends up going to a neighborhood watch meeting. And in that neighborhood watch meeting, Vision makes some funny jokes. Like he even calls one of his um, members in that team a communist for a moment, which plays oh, yeah. into that <laughs> plays into that whole uh, era, you know, because of like the Red Scare and everything else. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he ends up swallowing some chewing gum. And as you know, Vision can't eat at all because he's a robot. A robot. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and... So shenanigans was, ensue, and I love the animation that they yeah. use to, like, again, like the bewitched perfect, style. It's perfect. Thing. I'm not gonna lie, like, right. the, the, the way Marvel integrated, like, even though it's very low stakes with what they're setting up in the um, the confines of this TV show they're making, I was still like invested in these little things, like the boss's dinner and like the chewing gum with with Vision. I'm like, I actually cared about that. Even right. Though it's like kind of low stakes compared to what's really happening. Yes, indeed. That's that's that was cool. And um, going back to Wanda and her meeting that she has with the planning committee for the talent show, um, you know, like she she's trying to fit in, obviously, and she's having a hard time trying to fit in. And then she ends up meeting this woman named Geraldine. Now, I don't know if you know this, John, but uh, do you know who Geraldine is actually supposed to be? She's supposed to be that little girl that Captain Marvel hung out with, right? In Yes, indeed. In the 90s? And she's yeah, from the 90s, she's all grown up now. She's mm-hmm. all grown up now. And sure, she, she calls herself Geraldine here, but she's actually Monica Rambo, uh, the daughter of Maria Rambo, who was Captain Marvel's best friend back in the 90s. Mm-hmm. And she's all grown up. 
And we don't know how that's going to factor into the show yet, but it's just another way for Marvel to just tease fans with what's to come, the mystery of it all, you know? So they're, they have their meeting and everything else. And then Vision and Wanda have to come back together to put on this magic show of sorts, which plays up the fun gags of uh, the awkwardness that they both have trying to hide their powers from their neighbors and friends and all, you know, as you'd expect from the 60s style show, like him floating in the air, which is so blatant. Like, how can the, how can their neighbors not know that at this point, like, come on, they're, they're heroes. Underneath the, underneath the, uh, the ground. (laughs) You know, there's just, it plays into those gags, which is because vision is, is malfunctioning due to the fact that he has gum stuck inside him and -hmm. everything else which leads Wanda really like nervous and uncertain about how things are going and everything. And uh, you know, like they, they have some fun with those things and right down to the final act with the big disappearing trick where Geraldine comes out of there and everything else, Mm -hmm. which just plays up the whole fun mystery thing. They even get awarded for best comedic performance because their, their um, committee believes that their magic performance was just a a big humorous send up of it. Yeah, believe it or not. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's, again, like this second episode kind of plays up more with that kind of format of the genre of like paying tribute to the decades. But there were two moments in this episode that showcase there's a lot of more uncertainty to come. For example, yeah. early on in the episode, we see the first hint of color in this black and white world. A little plain. We see a, yeah, like a yellow and red toy helicopter which Helicopter, yeah. adds a lot of uncertainty, especially for Wanda. Because Wanda probably knows in the back of her head something's not right. Yeah. And everything else. And I have my theory in regards, and I'm curious to see what you think about that. I have, I have, then I have an, an idea. Yeah. We'll get to that. And they go home, and we see that Wanda is pregnant now. Just She's like, pregnant. Just like that. <laughs> just like that. Yeah. Like, uh, however that works, <laughs> you know, biologically, I don't know. But obviously, this is the Marvel Universe, so anything can happen. Vision had a little too much fun. Maybe, you know. (laughs) And then, all of a sudden, something is up, and they go outside, and Wanda and Vision see this beekeeper from that comes from this manhole. And I got to admit, it was really late at night, and for some reason in my head, I thought the guy in the beekeeper suit looked like Michael Fassbender. Just Just for like a split second. Just for a split second, and I was like, no, no. And I was like, no, that can't be. It can't yeah. be. And it's not. It's not. He comes from the manhole, and then Wanda is horrified. So she kind of rewinds everything back to reality. So I was like, nope, screw this. I'm not going to deal with this. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, we see them back in the house. She's still pregnant. And then Vision starts turning into color, technicolor, in fact. You know, and then now the setting that they're in. They're both aware of it. Like, whoa, Vision, what's going on? And then now it's all colorful, Technicolor, 1970s style. So the next episode we'll see next Friday will be set in the 70s, I believe. So it's going to be more colorful, more play, playing tribute to that era. Probably and, like the Brady Bunch and yeah. something like that. Yeah. And also another uh, throwback to that uh, commercial that they had in the middle of this episode, which is a commercial for a watch that is from Strucker, whom, if you know. Strucker. Yeah. Yeah, like from the from the movies that w- he was in um, the end of uh, Winter Soldier and in Age of Ultron, he was doing mm-hmm. the experiments and tests on Wanda and her brother, 
uh, yeah. Quicksilver, you know, Pietro. So there's that. And then as the episode ends, you hear somebody in the background saying, Wanda, Wanda, what's going on? What you doing? And everything else. I had no idea who that voice was. Did, did, did you, you look up? Wonder? I found out who it is. Who was it? It's a, apparently it's Randall Park who played the, oh. um, the spy role in the Ant-Man movie, Ant-Man and the Wasp. Right. Yeah, I know he's in this. I know he's in the show, but I didn't know that that was his voice. Yeah. So I forgot. Does he work for Shield though? I don't I forgot what his affiliation is. I yeah, I don't remember ones. either. But it's but like it's so it's him. That's interesting to hear. And yeah. in regards to all of that, that are the first two episodes of WandaVision. And for many of you that may know, WandaVision is set to be the first chapter of this big multiverse saga that the MCU is looking to explore because. They announced uh, back in 2019 that WandaVision would be leading into Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Elizabeth Olsen's going to be in that. But also another film in that series will tie into it with um, the third Spider-Man film, which is probably going to be the greatest movie ever made. Oh, my God. Based off of rumors. But that's yeah. a whole other podcast for another time. Uh, but um, I'm, I'm really excited to see how all of this ties in. But I will say, like, um, I'm... I'm really intrigued with where WandaVision is headed and the fact that it's very specifically a, sh- a TV show. It feels yeah. less cinematic. It feels specific for television, which in retrospect actually feels like the best way for Marvel to kind of bring in their first new thing in over a year. And I'm introducing yeah. us to this world of Disney plus um, streaming shows. And yeah, most definitely. So overall, like, um, what what are your biggest takeaways, John, from these first two episodes, and what do you most look forward to? Uh, well, you say what you said, but I do. I feel like we're in like the first act of like of the story they're telling for WandaVision specifically for these first few episodes. Um, and I'm just looking forward to seeing the evolution of the tiny breadcrumbs they've been feeding us with these first two episodes. That's so tiny. Um, and seeing right. how that expands into, are we really going to get a new era for each episode? Are we, are we, but, or are we going to slowly turn into like a full-fledged story? Are we going to like break out of this television box and get a little more, a little, little less meta may, midway through, maybe even towards the end, or this is going to be the whole way. Uh, I, I want to see how we get Captain Han, how, if they, how much more to integrate her into the story surprise people that they might bring into here. I heard episode three is a doozy from people who got their uh, screeners. Yeah, yeah, because the screeners were the first three episodes. I can't wait. I'm really excited with what they have so far. It's an interesting, it was interesting because this is going to be nine episodes. And because nine episodes, they just put the first two. I think they put the first two together because admittedly, they're very similar overall. It it made sense. So it made sense. Like, it's not like... <clears throat> I'm curious if it, this show is going to be kind of like a mystery, you know, which I appreciate, which is going to make the weekly f- release schedule more intriguing. I got to say, I'm happy that Disney Plus is doing that with their shows, the weekly it, thing. It, it, it gives you, it, give, it, it makes the, um, the conversation around the show a lot more fun and a lot more engaging because you have that whole week to digest what you watched. I, I love the binging idea that's been around from Netflix for a while, but yeah, there's something more engaging about being able to just let an episode soak in for a whole week. Yeah, it's bringing back the whole water cooler kind of uh, discussion yeah. and everything else, and exactly. that worked wonders with the Mandalorian both first two seasons, especially mm-hmm. this last season. Good, good God, like oh God, how every incredible was that? 
you know, like every single week I'm like on pins and needles ready for what's coming. And right now it's more of like, okay, it's a nice appetizer. These first two episodes. I feel like if they gave us the first three, like what you said, apparently it's a doozy. I would be like, Ooh, I, I need it now, you know, but I'm, I'm glad it's a nice change of pace. Cause we're so used to the Marvel movies being so fast paced in their own ways yeah. and everything else. Cause of the blockbuster format. And I'm thankful that they're experimenting with a different kind of pacing. I'm curious to see how it works with a, uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier and with uh, Loki, you know, which yeah. is crazy because by the time this is done, this first season of WandaVision, we jump right into it, right? Yeah, like about two or so weeks. It's the same month because it ends March 5th and then March 16th, I believe, is when um, Falcon and Winter Soldier starts. So we just have a bit of a buffer there. And then similar, but, yeah, Loki, like, right? Because I think Loki is in May. If I'm yeah. Right. Oh, wow. Wow. That, like, like they, these three Marvel. shows are. Yeah, on top of the movies, like Black Widow, Shang-Chi, and The Eternals, man. You know, like, this is going to be the most Marvel, and Spider-Man, obviously. Like, this is yeah. going to be the most heavy Marvel year we've had, partially because 2019 was a year without movies in general, like, for the theater. And uh, I'm eager to um, return back to this um, wonderful universe that I've loved from being a comic book fan and being a fan of the movies, obviously. I'm particularly excited for Spider-Man for obvious reasons, as I'm oh, sure yeah. you are. The, and, the rumors um, are very heavy for that movie. Hopefully, they're very true. heavy. <laughs> I kind of, sort of, don't want them to release trailers. Honestly, oh, sure. Just put out a you poster know, like, with just Tom Holland on it and say it's coming. And out. say nothing. Don't say anything. Just say, yeah, this movie's coming out. That, you know, like with the whole streaming service uh, surge that we're in, like with the HBO Max situation. I'm con- like, you heard about the news about Godzilla and Kong, right? That's it. Got moved up two months, and it's they 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 got they got the papers going that they could release it simultaneously, right? Yes, in theaters. Yeah, and, and HBO Max. We don't, and we only have like a two second clip. Honestly, just just throw out a poster. I don't want to yeah. see a trailer for this because the odds are, given how things are going out, like um, I probably won't be able to see this in a theater. You know, given yeah, the situation yeah. we're in, unless I have to drive a far away, and I would love to see this movie on the big screen because Godzilla and Kong. And if I had a theater near me, I would. But, you know, like, um, given the way that things are for the year, and the more I think about it, I feel like Warner Brothers is just going to keep this a year after all the the fallout of it. Things you know? could change, I think, but it would be it, – it wouldn't surprise me either if it swings that way where once everybody gets vaccinated, they kind of start slowly opening up all the theaters again. I'm trying to hedge my bets because I'm, I'm still, like, I'm kind of cautious about everything at the yeah. moment. But – uh. But yeah, like I, I kind of don't want to see a trailer. Like I just kind of want to watch it. Like I just want to see how that works out. Like I, I typically don't watch trailers for smaller movies or like awards movies, you know, like uh, the ones that are competing for the big stuff because usually like they show a lot, those trailers. Yeah, and I like to sell uh, their movie. Yeah, apparently. And um, for me, it's like I'm going to go see it already because it seems like a really exciting like um, independent project and I kind of just want to let it happen. And mm-hmm. it's harder to avoid for big movies like the Marvels and the DCs and the Star Wars movies of the world. But um, I'm trying to stay away from trailers in general because I like to go into things blind now, you know. Yeah. And like, I'm curious to see where things go with uh, WandaVision just to wrap things up. And I'm excited to continue this journey every week and to recap these every week. I'm, I'm really happy, John, that you had a chance to come with me this week to... Uh, reintroduce this podcast and to um just talk about marvel and wandavision for a little bit thank you for reminding me man i had i always have a great time talking with you and it's always fun talking about 
these movies and especially Marvel. It's just such a great playground to be in. Yes, indeed. And um, before we wrap up, where can people find you? What you got up to in the late, like just <laughs> what, what you got up to in the next few weeks? Um, it's been a long. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, you can find me everywhere at Mothman Jones, M-A-2-F's Man Jones, no spaces. I, I guess, as I mentioned before, I've been pretty dormant on the YouTube channel, but you can find me at Mothman Jones on YouTube. I'll be releasing my top 10 of 2020 soon. I've been kind of just like taking my time curating that list because I missed out on a couple big movies. I finally watched them, and now I feel ready to release what I felt was a proper top 10. And besides that, I'm starting to put on the pieces to put more videos out there. But um, hopefully you just follow me for the hijinks and go on the ride. That will be 2021. Yes, indeed. I've missed out on a lot of films in 2020 also. You know, I just kind of been <laughs> this whole that whole year. Like, yeah. the less said about it, the better. But um, I, I definitely intend on catching up more on some of those releases I've missed out on. And... Uh, you know, like just what else is to come for 2021. And yeah, so once again, you could actually look forward to um, a two-part Pixar retrospective video coming this month. What The first part, I will say, will be coming sometime this week. The second part, a week later. And I'm really looking forward to putting that out there. And once again, guys, I've been Noah of Blank Green Canvas. And this has been John Maffio. Math Man Thank Jones. Thank you for having me. I will see you again in the next recap. Thank you very much. Hope you have a wonderful day. Bye, everybody.